0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, Pells fans, let's talk home security. There's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that's going to cost you a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. I put it together myself in under 30 minutes, you guys. And that's saying something because I am not a handyman. Now, it's a two time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award, so you know it's good. It blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home, outdoor cameras, doorbells alert to anyone approaching your home entry motion glass break sensors garden side you get to choose whatever it is you want and you put it together yourself now go to simplysafe.com/team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial now you've got nothing to lose just go now and be sure to use simplysafe.com/team that's simplysafe.com/team and of course team is our promo code so make sure you do it because you want to get those savings you are listening to the bird calls on the armchair all american network for more on your pelicans, go to iTunes, search the bird calls, and subscribe today. Pels fans, welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls podcast. I'm your host and contributor to theBirdRights.com, Preston Ellis. Our nation is on the brink of a lockdown. There hasn't been any basketball and I think two weeks from tomorrow. But hey, my daughter was born one week ago, so not all hope is lost. To talk sports and so much more, we have our editor-in-chief and caretaker of House of Cosell, Mr. Ali Cosell. How's your lockdown going, man?
1: It's going okay. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to complain at all. I just wish that... Everybody would heed all the advice that's been given out there by all the health experts so we can move through this whole wave sooner rather than later. But we'll get to all that. But Preston, congratulations on the baby. And uh, so how is she
0: so far? She is gorgeous. I was just telling Ollie off the air that uh, I haven't really been sleeping, which has been a new experience for me. But uh, I couldn't be happier. I just wanted her to be healthy. It was a surprise. So the doctor did the whole thing where he held up the baby and he was like, it's a and I saw the genitals and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So I was convinced it was a boy the entire nine months because my wife would pretty much only eat like pizza and hamburgers, which is 100% my dad. I was like, oh, now you know what it (laughs) feels like not to enjoy vegetables, right? So I was was 100% convinced it was a boy. So it was a really exciting uh turn of events uh I'll, we'll, we'll get into that stuff later on another pod let's introduce our friend of the program i think we can call him friend i think it's like his fourth visit Foxport nola's antonio daniels sir how is your family making it through so far
2: oh fantastic like we, we are we are okay and i have to to uh echo ali and what he said and, and congratulations president on the on the birth of, of your baby girl and and i will tell you this as father of Two baby girls, one fourteen and one nine. It's the best thing in the world. It honestly is. It is. It is truly amazing to to raise daughters from a a dad's perspective. So congratulations, um, and I wish you guys all the best. I'm so glad everybody is healthy and you know um, that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Great news.
0: Thanks, man. That's all I cared about. Everybody was like, don't you want to know the gender? I was like, honestly, I could care less as long as he or she doesn't have 18 arms, which would also be kind of interesting. I'd have like a superhero for a child, (laughs) but we don't have to talk about that. Antonio, I didn't realize you had a 14-year-old. Are you old enough to have a 14-year-old? Man, I just turned 45 this past (laughs) Thursday.
2: This past Thursday, March 19th, I turned 45. So I got, we have, me and my wife, we have a daughter that's 14, we have a daughter that's nine, and we have a little boy. That'll turn two in June. So, yeah, we like them, you know, we like to spread them out a little bit.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Before we get on to basketball talk, give us one unexpected surprise. Obviously, I know you're going to say it's been really nice to spend time with your family, but one thing yes, that you didn't yeah. necessarily expect that's been really nice about being home.
2: Um, well, obviously, for me, family is always first. Um, with everything that's going on, me and Ali have had many conversations throughout the course of this year thus far about, um, you know, if for me, I, one of my, the most important things to me is to be a present father and being gone in New Orleans and my family being back in San Antonio and coming back and forth, you know, my daughter plays uh, club volleyball. My other daughter plays basketball and she plays soccer. So just not being able to be there for their games. And me and Ali recently talked about this and you know, now I get an opportunity to be home for their games and there are no games. <laughs> so all the games are canceled, but just actually having the time to be home with them. Um, and this is different. It's a new, uh, I think a normal for ev- everyone, not just in this nation, just in this world in general of of having to deal with this coronavirus and all that it entails. Um, and it, to me, this 2020 to me has been the year of perspective. It really has. You know, you go back to everything that happened in the NBA earlier in the year with everything that went on with China and Daryl Morey and then the Kobe Bryant tragedy um, and and then everything that's going on now. This 2020 thus far has been the year of perspective for me and my family.
0: Yeah, let's go over to Ollie. And we're only three months in. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Ollie. what's been some of your time spent reflecting? Uh, What have you been thinking about mostly?
1: I have had a lot of time on my hands because as as most of you guys know, Shan and I do not have any kids. So it's just us. And of course taking care of family and friends that are around us, but that has still afforded me a lot of time. And I'll be honest with you. This time off has been a blessing to my to-do list that everybody builds up anybody that's a homeowner or, or whatever you have right In, in your life, you still always have something that you put off and put off and put off. Well, I have slaughtered that list to where I'm shocked that after just two weeks, I'm down to like just a couple things left to do. So I'm going to start reading a lot more. Um, you know, I'm going to start watching a lot more documentaries. Uh, Joel Myers gave me a couple of good ideas on which ones to watch. So, you know, you just got to fill up your time. But the best thing and, and the most important thing, and I, I want to get to this before we talk Pelicans, of course, is doing the right thing. Preston, you know, Antonio, myself, we've all touched on this at various times since it started, but I still think that the message isn't getting heard enough. Now, here in New Orleans, right. I think they've done a pretty good job, but we're still seeing the mixed signals on social media by even leaders of certain, whether it's certain states or whatever have you, right, within the national administration. So I think it's just important that everybody really, truly heeds this advice of the medical Uh, professionals of the CDC, of Dr. Fauci, anybody that's reputable, please go through those checklists and adhere to washing your hands, keeping your social distances and such, and do whatever the local governments in your area have suggested or said that you should do.
2: You know, um, for myself, you know, just kind of sitting back and watching this whole thing unfold first from a NBA perspective and then sitting back and watching it unfold from a life perspective. um, It it is a direct reflection of the culture that we have created.
1: Mm -hmm. You
2: know, when you look out and you see all those kids in Florida on the beaches or you see the guys in uh, California on the basketball court, we have Mm -hmm. created such a um, it's all about me culture and that's disturbing. That is so disturbing, you know, to see kids out there and and spring break and, you know, I'm I'm healthy, so this is what matters. I know that I'll be okay. And and this is a lot of what social media has created. You know, we care about likes and retweets and all these other kind of things and how many thumbs up you can get and all all these other kind of things that go along with it. And, like, it's amazing how much this situation right here will reveal the culture of our country, the culture of this world. You know, for for me, I don't think of this um, coronavirus in in direct reflection of myself. You know what I mean? I have a mother. You know, I I have a mother-in-law. You know, I I have um, grandparents and, you know, people that are more at risk than I am. The moment that we get out of this it's all about me, culture, and understand that it's all about us as the human race. I think we could actually get this thing under control. But till then, until we have people that are constantly just concerned with themselves, and this is what that guy. I went to. We went to the grocery store the other day, and we're behind the lady in line. This is before they started putting parameters on what you could purchase at the grocery store, as far as two of these and two of those, and it's a lady in line that has like 60 things of toilet tissue and 30 things of milk. Like, <laughs> you, you, you're not going to be locked down for 10 years. And what people are doing, they're concerned with themselves, and they're completely removing items from people that can actually use it and that people that need it. Like, here's the thing. The Oklahoma City uh, Mayor uh, uh, Holt came out the other day and said something that was so true. He said, if you stay with your regular grocery shopping patterns, everything will remain normal because the grocery stores are not going to run out of food. But what you do is you have two or three people that hoard, that, that inflicts fear on the people behind them, then they hoard, that inflicts fear on the people behind them, and then they hoard, and then there's nothing left in the grocery store. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about everyone that's involved here.
0: Yeah, that's an important PSA. Uh, I'm about to sound like a 60 year old man. But I also think there's something that's part of our generation that's created this very addictive type nature about uh, just adhering to immediate satisfactions. And obviously, right. we call ourselves like the microwave ge- uh, generation. But an- another detriment of modern day technology and advancements has been the immediacy of that that uh, serotonin that that hits your brainstem. You were talking about getting likes on on Twitter and stuff. It creates this impatience in a person's nature to 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 be unable to stay at home for for hours, for days, for weeks at a time, because you have this this addiction that that inherently allows you to get whatever you want whenever you want. And detaching yourself from that addiction is really, really hard. As if, uh, uh, I I don't think I have any addictions, but if you do have an addiction to something like a cigarette or alcohol or something that you're used to tapping into multiple times every day and all of a sudden that's stripped away from you, that can be something that's very difficult to go cold turkey on, in just my opinion. Um, Ali, so that's why you see like... You know, these tourists hitting the beach, you're asking them to stay within their hotel rooms in this place that they're not comfortable in for hours, days, possibly weeks on end before they can board their plane or get into their car to get home. And and as part of today's generation, it's very hard to ask that person to do just that. No, it absolutely
1: is. And that's where you have to lead by example. That's where you have to put on some peer pressure. But what concerns me more is the fact that so many people are not just educating themselves on the basic facts. Right. For instance, yeah. th- this whole thing about the Trump administration, supposedly. And I don't mean I'm not trying to single out Donald Trump. here. I'm not making this political, guys. But recently there's been talk of chloroquine, a couple drugs that may supposedly be uh, able to act as a vaccine for this COVID-19 vi- vi- virus. And there's been people ingesting it and dying from it. It, it. it. That is just shocking news to me. Same thing with we've been hearing reports about. And again, this is not against God, religion or anything, but some uh, chapels or um, certain sects or whatever they want to call themselves are still getting together. They are not practicing social distancing. There's a famous one here in Baton Rouge that I keep hearing about every week. They're still getting together. Just as you mentioned with the beaches, all, all this is a problem. So I just feel like everybody also needs to do a better job of not just, you know, trying to add a little peer pressure, trying to avoid being a part of this microwave generation just for that nice feeling of acceptance of, hey, I've got my spot in the light because I said something cute or funny or acted stupidly. It's also just educating yourself. This is such an important time. As Antonio mentioned, everybody's got a mother. Everybody's got a grandmother. Somebody that you know close to you is at severe risk to this disease. And if you expose them to this, there's a good chance they may die. And, And it's really just that simple. So it's it's just it's really amazingly simple in my head, but I just wish everybody would just see this. Just take the mm-hmm. right precautions, educate yourself, and and do what you would if if you if you can't trust yourself to make the decision, then find somebody that you do trust in who you know for a fact is telling you the right thing and follow their advice.
2: You you, you know um, you just touched on something like that. For for SiriusXM, we talked about this the other day, and I posed a question to my co-host: Can you guys think of anything in this world that everybody sees eye to eye on?
1: Yeah, Puppies. absolutely not. <laughs> exactly,
2: and that's what makes it so difficult because you have a select group of people that are saying, "Let's let's just stay home." Let's just stay home, let's do what they're asking us to do, and let's get this under control. But then on the other side, you have a, a group of people, you have a group of people that are saying, that are saying, no, 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 they can't tell me what I'm allowed to do. You know, it, it comes to a point mm-hmm. where it's so difficult to do because no matter what you're discussing, no matter what we're talking about, it is impossible to get everyone on the same page. And with the same thought process and with the same goals, because if everybody had the same goals here, this would not be as difficult as we are making it as a country, as a nation or as a world. It's just the fact that we have a certain amount of goals and we have a certain mentality and a certain perspective that we're thinking about. But when you're 20 years old and you're in spring break, you're in a different place in your life. You're a di- different generation. You're raised different, and you're under a different mentality. And so it, it's – I don't know. It, it's weird to think about. It's weird to talk about, and I'm with both of you guys. Know, I'm with following all the parameters, and let's just do what they're asking us to do so we can put this behind us.
0: Absolutely. And, 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 and wish- it can be done,
1: right, guys? It can be done. There's countries now no coming question. out on the other side, right? So that's what's shocking to me. Go yeah, ahead, sorry we're, we're
0: wishing the best for everybody listening to this podcast uh, obviously you can hear the frustration the passion in our voices and that's because we just want to do the right thing to make sure as many people can be safe and healthy as possible obviously uh we're we're friends with each other and and we care about you and we care about our listeners and we care about our families and that's that's the source of all of this I hope you guys take it just as such let's talk basketball uncertain times as we've talked about mark Cuban said he'd like to see games resume in may we could potentially see them go as late as Labor Day weekend according to a podcast I listened to from the ringer with Bill Simmons. But with each day that passes, playing out the regular season, not to mention the logistics of it, just becomes more and more unlikely. Uh, Let's go to Antonio first. What would your dream scenario be for finishing the remainder of the season?
2: Honestly, my dream scenario would be for finishing the remainder of the season would be finishing the remainder of the season. And I know that sounds um, simplistic. But that's exactly how I feel, regardless as to when it may be. If it's in June, then you resume in June. Because what you don't want to see, uh, especially if we can get this whole coronavirus thing under control, what you would like to see is every team awarded a fair shot for whatever. Like there are people in Milwaukee that feel like that they they have an opportunity to win the NBA championship. There are two teams in LA that feel like they have an opportunity to win the NBA championship. There's a team in Sacramento. There's a team in new Orleans. There's a team in San Antonio. There's a team in Portland and there's a team in Memphis who all feel like they have an opportunity to get that number eight spot. I want to see it play out. I want to see it play out. And and I get, obviously my opinion isn't what matters here um, because there are a number of different things that, the NBA has to, has to get done by then. But with, with all this being said, I will say this. Adam Silver has done a fantastic job as commissioner of this league, as far as leadership is concerned. Um, he has taken on and had to endure some of the worst tragedies um, and different situations in the history of this league. The passing of David Stern, the passing of Kobe Bryant, Gianna, and everyone else who was present on the helicopter. Um, You know, the the situation that happened in China, uh, the the Donald Sterling situation like it just he has done a fantastic job of leadership. With all that being said, I would love to see this season play itself out. And what happens is what happens. That way, there's no asterisk by anybody's name. There's no asterisk by anyone's uh, franchise when this year is over.
0: Now, Ali, let me get your take on this. If we are to play out the remainder of the season, there exists a very high probability that some, if not all, of these regular season games are going to exist without fans in the stands. How do you feel about that, Ali?
1: I think it's a very realistic scenario to where you've got to prepare yourselves for it. I think that if there's any chance for the NBA to come back in a relatively timely manner, and this is within, I'm saying, about two to maybe three months, that that would have to be the scenario. This coronavirus is not going to be contained to the point where you can start allowing 20,000 fans sitting elbow to elbow. And, of course, the players being surrounded in that atmosphere environment as well. So I just feel like with the way the NBA, right, first of all, has an Adam Silver quickly reacted to this news and quickly started quarantining or or advising. At least they've been advising these players now on, by the way, COVID-19 since really the start of February. There's been 16 memos to date that I know of that have been issued. So they've been doing their due diligence. So I feel like the NBA has a chance to get back faster than say a lot of parts of this economy, this nation in whatever area. So that will provide for the, obviously the games to start up quicker. I don't think it's unrealistic that things could maybe potentially start around Memorial day. Now, of course, this is provided that everybody within the NBA that's essential, the players, coaching staff, has either already been tested or is no longer under threat to get this coronavirus. If they can establish all that, and then plus like people like Antonio, people that are essential to this production, if they can somehow make sure that everybody in that group is safe, then I think those games could start. But of course, that's going to be without players, Preston. Or excuse me, without fans. So I think that honestly is something that we have to prepare ourselves. I think if the season does get started up, that's definitely the way the NBA is going to go. I don't see any other way around it.
0: There might be a chance. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Preston. But on the flip side of it, you know, one of the things that that we all saw this season uh, was a drop in ratings uh, as far as TV was concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though this is not the way that we would all – this isn't ideal or the way that we would all like it to happen, but you want to talk about an opportunity to get your ratings back? Exactly. I don't care where these NBA games are played if they're played in practice facilities, if they are played in empty arenas, if there are cameras in those arenas, can you imagine? Think about sports. We've been without sports now for, right. what, a couple of weeks? And people are fiending. People are literally fiending. Uh, imagine if you put Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James in a game in a, in a practice facility right now, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the um, Los Angeles Lakers or the Memphis Grizzlies versus the the, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Can you imagine the amount of eyes that would be on that game? So this is just another opportunity, since you can't have fans in the arena. Mm -hmm. Um, As as Ali just um, referenced, the the next step is getting as many eyes on those games as you possibly can.
1: And, Antonio, you got to think the NBA knows this, right? That's why they're kind of – probably want to get it going, but they also know that this, this country as a whole needs this form of entertainment back in our lives, right? They, they know there's an opportunity there, I feel like. So I think that everything's going to get done to achieve that.
2: Yeah, and you think about in past um, tragedies that have happened in, in the world, sports is always what has gotten us through those tragedies. It's mm-hmm. always sports that you can turn to as like your way out. Um, all right, let me, let me go in here. Let me watch these games and let me, it, it becomes your sanctuary. You know, I constantly mm-hmm. tell the stories. when I lost my brother, when I was in college, um, my sanctuary was that gym. My sanctuary was that basketball and just having the opportunity to get in the gym and work out and shoot and dribble and do all these different things that will take your mind off of reality and what you're going through in real life and what makes, this times right now so difficult. It's not just the fact that we are going through this coronavirus where we are in the house and, you know, social distancing and you can't leave and everything is closed down. It's the fact that when you're in the house and you can't leave and everything is closed down, you can't turn on a basketball game or you can't turn on a football game or you can't watch the NCAA tournament to kind of take you away from everything that's going on out in the real world.
0: Absolutely. Let's get back in here, um, Antonio. And obviously, one of the things that makes Adam Silver such a great leader is that he's not afraid to experiment. He's already talked about in-season tournaments. Um, I, as well as many others, talked about possibly a, uh, I think it's a three-game playoff between San Antonio, Sacramento, Memphis, and the Pelicans to determine who should get that eighth and final seed. Pretty much every other spot is already locked up. But just in terms of uh, fan-attending games, Antonio, there exists a possibility that this might be wildly successful with smaller to uh, possibly no audience, they they might find ways to find camera angles or, or or ways of watching the game and still allowing us to participate, whether it be by gambling or ordering food in our homes. That could make this game that could revolutionize right. this game or the way that we watch this game. Are you nervous? The game could change based on how they may be played out in the next few months.
2: No, no, you know what I think. I think it gives a different perspective to fans, and I know to anyone who's ever played. Um, AAU basketball, and you know your first game a lot of times in, is in the morning at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and you know who's in the stands? Your your parents. That's it. So you're being a in a big facility, and there'll be 15 people in there. And why I say it gives a different perspective is because now fans will be taken to a place where they have never been allowed to go before. What I mean by that is this. You will hear everything the coach says. You will hear the players communicating to each other on the floor. You will hear the bounce of every basketball, the, the, uh, the squeak of every shoe. It's a different perspective, and it gets you a different uh, a viewpoint. It gives you a different viewpoint when you are watching it like that because you don't have the music being played in the background. You don't have the, the fans that are going crazy in the background. All you can hear is what's actually going on. So to a certain degree, I don't think it'll change anything, but I love the fact that if fans aren't allowed in the arena, what it does give them is a different perspective and a different viewpoint and gives them an opportunity to hear and see the game like they've never had before.
0: Now, Ali, I've got a virtual reality headset right now. It's pretty grainy. I think it's just 1080p quality, and they just put you behind the backboard, but you can sit with other people who are also watching via virtual reality. If you could improve and you could enhance that experience, you could get this game to a point where it just becomes illogical to sit up in section, you know, 313 and pay $14 for nachos when you can, you know, Uber eats Chipotle to your house for $12. And, and The game, as we know, it could change in a way that Antonio just referenced. Do you think one year from now, I mean, even if the coronavirus does kind of alleviate itself to a point where we can play these games in the next few months, it might be potentially, and I'm just conjecturing here, a year before we all feel safe. Do you think this could be the end of the way we know basketball games to be today?
1: In terms of the fan experience and wanting to go to the games, no, I really don't. When you're a diehard fan, and usually that starts when you're a kid. You, you build up this love to where you, you – it needs to be tangible. You need to go see people in person, your favorite players, touch the game. And when you start playing the sport yourself, there's nothing better than watching these guys do it with your own eyes live. I remember because I went through it. You know, I played up and through my high school days, and that, that's when I fell in love with the NBA is when I first picked up a basketball back in fifth grade. So anything to do to see Michael Jordan, and I went and drove to Indiana, forced my parents or somebody else's parents to do it at least a couple times a year – Ah, uh, we did it. So, I, no, Preston. I don't. I think as long as this COVID nineteen threat is out there, yeah, it will keep fans away if they're even allowed to come to the games. Now, as for some positive things, Antonio and you have already mentioned. Yeah, I could see some evolution in those types of areas, but in terms of just fans coming games, no, unfortunately, I, I still think they'll always want to come. For the you know, and I just listed just one of the reasons.
0: All right, Antonio. I, I agree with sorry, everything go ahead.
1: you just
2: said. I, no, I agree with everything he just said. Uh, there's a different experience going that you can never get at home. Like, even if you Uber Eats at home, it's a different experience when you're around other passionate fans that mm-hmm. share the same love for this team or player that you do, that you can never get at home. So, yeah, on one side, there's a thing, well, okay, yeah, you know, it gives a different experience, a virtual reality experience where you can hear more than you've ever heard. But there's something to be said about actually going in the going in the arena, as Mario Ellie used to say, when that popcorn is popping. You know, it's something <laughs> different. It's just something that's completely different about being there live and in person that doesn't do justice. If you sit at home and you watch LeBron James at home, it's completely different than watching it in person. You sit at home and watch Zion Williamson at home, and go see them in person, it's completely different in person because TV will never do or give guys the justice. I say all the time, guys are big, strong, fast, um, athletic, far more than you would think until you see it live and in person.
0: All right. I don't know how much time you have, Antonio. I definitely want to touch on something and make sure we get it in there before uh, any time does expire. This this potential abrupt ending to the season, it could give a lot of teams potential, like, get-out-of-jail-free cards because there can be no postseason failure. However, teams with superstars going into expiring years of their deals uh, are putting their teams into tough situations. And for the Pelicans, uh, you know, obviously they've got a lot of guys like Drew Holiday and J.J. Reddick going into the final year of their deal. I, I don't think we need to address Brandon Ingram's extension. I think that's a slam dunk but they do have an interesting decision to make on Derek Favors. If the season ended today, just how important is it to you that they bring him back and bring him back at a fair number? I think it's incredibly
2: important. And and the thing is, I I agree with you. Like Just the fact that everything that's going on, if the season happens to get cut short, um, it doesn't give teams the opportunity to know your potential. What you could have, what you're selling what you could have reached. Um, and, and I think Derek is so important to the team for a number of reasons. Um, when you have youth in the front court. So you think about the front court. Derek Vabers is the only guy in the front court that played legitimate minutes with any sort of experience, long-term, yeah. playoff experience.
0: Um,
2: you look at uh, – Jackson Hayes and Zion and Brandon Ingram. And those guys, those guys don't have any playoff experience. They're young. And when you're young, there are two ways to learn. You can learn by actually experiencing and doing what those guys were doing this year. And there's something to be said by having that veteran that you can watch, that you can watch, that can teach you how to be professional on and off the basketball floor, to understand angles, to understand tendencies. Uh, Derek Favors' basketball IQ which is so imperative to the success of this yes. New Orleans Pelicans basketball team. So if I'm Zion, I'm watching and I'm listening. If I'm Jackson, I'm watching and I'm listening. If I'm Brandon, I'm watching and I'm listening. If I'm Jaleel Okafor, I'm watching and I'm listening. And he has so much to offer these this these front court, this this youth in the front court that will pay dividends in the future.
0: All right, Ali, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, Obviously, the Pelicans are going to have the ability to build a lot through the draft this summer. I think they have as many as five picks. Obviously, Cleveland's not going to fall out of that. I think it's top 10 protected first round pick, but they do have three second round picks. They're going to have somewhere, I don't know, settling around the the middle of the the first round uh, uh, when it comes to what happens throughout the rest of the remainder of the regular season, if played at all. So, Ali... How do the Pelicans assess not only how much Derek Favors is worth, but weigh that against what they have coming in? Well,
1: Antonio laid out the reasons for why you really can't do that, Preston. It's great having rookies. It's great having young potential. But it's another thing to have a team to accelerate their growth. And here's the biggest point. The Pelicans aren't starting at the bottom rung. This is no start of any kind of long process. They already have Drew Holiday. They already have a lot of young, good veterans. Brandon Ingram just had an all-star season. We've seen Lonzo ball potentially maybe show that he's going to be an all-star someday with how much improvement he has um, undergone through transforming his game this year. So, and you add that to the fact that they've got good pieces like Josh Hart off the bench, JJ Reddick for another year. It, It makes all the sense in the world to bring back a guy like Derek favors. And look, Anthony just laid out all the reasons why he is so important. He is the only one with veteran experience. But here's here's the other thing: he helps you win. When when they right. didn't have their Favors on the go- on, on the court, they were abysmal. There were a lot of blowout, poor losses. And with him just coming back, this is before Zion even came back. They became a winning basketball team. So I th- I still think he's got enough left in the tank. I think they can resign him for a good number. And from a salary cap perspective, it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back instead of trying to chase somebody else and trying to fit him into what's already been working, right? The starting lineup has the second-best net rating for, what is it, groups that have played together for over 200 minutes or more, something along those lines. It's the best. They have proven that, okay, the best. So they have proven that they are worth keeping together, so I, I think without a doubt. And we saw kind of the other day, right? During one of the replays, during the Pelicans' playback between uh, David Griffin and Jen Hale, David Griffin was pointing out the importance and showing love for Derek Favors. I think fans don't give him enough credit because he's not right. throwing up 20 points or right. whatever, do, doing the flashy blocks. But I'll tell you what, there are few better at teaching our young guys verticality, as, as Antonio mentioned, angles, all these things that go into winning basketball games. And I think our front office realized that, so they're going to try and bring him back and I would love that. I think everybody should applaud that move if and when it happens. All right.
2: I've got a front of. You me. know what? On a uh, uh, real quick present, I, I think to, to, to Ali's point, uh, and I think he made the best point, he impacts winning. He impacts winning. So, like, and I think that's the most important thing because if you have all of these different attributes that you bring and you offer to an organization, but it doesn't translate to winning, uh, maybe it's time to move on. But when he's not present, you notice. Other teams notice. There's a, a, a huge hole in that middle when he's not present. And to hear him in interviews after the game and talk about, you know, him understanding guys' tendencies and what they want to do and him watching film and all these other kind of things, this is going to pay dividends. You may not be able to see it because the thing, a, a, a lot of role players in this league, a lot of what they bring to the table won't show up on the stat sheet. It won't, but you best believe the things that he is saying in front of the camera and off the camera. Zion and Jackson Hayes and Brandon Ingram, these guys that are the future of this Pelicans front court are listening. And um, trust me, trust me, having an impactful veteran like Derek Favors in that locker room is huge for this young front court.
0: All right, let me just give you the numbers real quick. Of five man lineups who have played 180 minutes or more, the Pelicans, Drew Holiday, Derek Favors, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Zion are first by a wide margin. Over 6.1 net rating, 26.3 net rating, and over 230 minutes played across 17 games. So yeah, they've they've been the very best in the NBA since December 18th with Derek Favors in the lineup. They've been 22 and 14 after starting the season 6 and 22. So absolutely, you guys all know how high we are on Derek Favors. Let's get you two more questions and then we'll let you go. Antonio, I know we've talked a lot off about the Pelicans, so we'll just have to have you back next week to talk a little bit more in depth about these guys. Uh, Before we let you go, question number one, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, obviously Zion in terms of numbers and rebounds, uh, averaging just uh, 29.7 minutes per game is doing. Hold on, I pulled it up what only 11 rookies have done ever, and only two have done since 1977, that being Bernard King, uh, and, and paired with him, Lonzo Ball, I've got this, here it is, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, since uh, Zion Williamson uh, entered the lineup, 13 points, uh, 8.2 assists, 7 rebounds, shooting 43% from 3-point range. What is it about the two of these guys, Antonio, that just meshes so well together?
2: You know, it's funny because I I remember when Zion was out for a lengthy amount of time and I thought the guy who would suffer the most from Zion's lack of presence and from that injury that Zion had would be Lonzo. Just because sometimes there are two guys whose skill set are identical, like they are a perfect match for one another. One guy is a heck of a passer, a heck of a facilitator, can see plays two or three in advance, and you know what you give him? Give him a guy that can run and finish like no one else has in, in history at that time. It's a match made in heaven. You know, you, you think of – because there's opposites. There are also stars who – or players whose skill sets don't fit together. And when I think of that, I think of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. They're total opposites. You know, Joel Embiid is a back-to-the-basket guy. He needs a guy who's a knockdown shooter. Ben Simmons is a guy that wants to push the ball. He needs a big that can run. So it's like you have two guys that are two opposites, and sometimes you find, like, a, a perfect marriage, a perfect marriage. Lonzo Ball's basketball IQ, his ability to pass that ball, put it where it needs to be, and allows Dion to do what he does best, which is run finish and not do a whole lot of thinking but it's not just with with Zion it's also with with Jackson Hayes as well so to to me Lonzo's skill set it will fit with a lot of different players if you're a player that wants to run and finish and be put in a position to be successful you should work really well with Lonzo.
0: All right, Ali, why don't you get back in there? Obviously, uh, right now, Zion Williamson is one of the greatest finishers uh, of all time. uh, As far as rookies are concerned, 85% of his shots come at the rim. He's converting 64% of those. Uh, He's obviously been, uh, or he's also been a very willing passer. He kind of backs his opponents down in the post and then kicks out to the Lonzo Ball, the JJ Reddicks, the Josh Harts for those open catch and shoot opportunities. So he's also evolving in that way. In that respect, he and Lonzo are kind of sh- sharing this synergy and that Lonzo can find him in the paint if it doesn't open up for him. Lonzo has gotten better and better, as I referenced about that 43% uh, conversion from three-point range on six and a half shots per game. This is not a small sample size. This is across 19 games the two have played together. This, this two-man relationship, how will it continue to evolve, Ollie?
1: Well, it's going to continue through a couple of ways. Number one, individual growth, right? We're seeing what Lonzo has been able to finally put together in terms of an offensive weapon in his tool chest, that three-point ball, as you just referenced. And that has given him the confidence now to shoot it religiously, to seek it out. and But he's also not settling for those step backs, not settling for like kind of the, the silly shot. His focus has gotten better. And in turn, I feel like it has contributed to the rest of his game where he now does look to drive the ball and he can finish. He, his aggressiveness has grown leaps and bounds. And that in turn also is helping a guy like Zion. We know what Zion's capable of. We see, even in the very first game, how Coach Pop literally focused on Zion and sending doubles or making sure that Zion didn't beat you. And we've seen other teams do as well, especially ones with size, like the Milwaukee Bucks, like the Lakers. So Lonzo is so important for him to be able to get Zion going in games where, you know, the opponent really does have a good advantage defensively, or at least they're going to pose a stiff test. And so you, you, for, for, for all their on-court in, in, uh, contributions individually, it's also going to be this dynamic that's going to grow off of it. I mean, they haven't even played, what, 20 games together. And Preston, you mentioned at the start of this month a really good, uh, important detail when these two guys are on a court together, the Pelicans are gangbusters great. When Lonzo sits predict, or excuse me, when Zion uh, sits predictably, the Pelicans aren't as good. But you also notice that when, if Zion is out there, but Lonzo sits, their play drops off dramatically too. So it shows just how important these two guys are to the core and success of this team. So, you know, when you look at the fact that the Pelicans have three guys under the age of under 25 that are tops in the league, right? These young group, uh type of players of course with uh brandon ingram you've just got to give them time and we've seen right. just in those 20 games these guys have been together what they've been able to accomplish how they're finding each other how they're now being more versatile how the defense isn't collapsing as much and and they know where to find each other in their sweet spots offensively so you just got to give this time it's going to develop when you have such talented such high IQ type of players they're going to figure it out eventually so I don't think they need any help you just got to keep them together
2: and, and when, when you have Lonzo on the court with, with Zion, and, and that's a great point that you just brought up, Ali, is, is when you have those two on the floor together, you're going to take off. You're going to take off, especially when you're out there with somebody like Brandon Ingle. But here's the thing about professional sports. Everyone does something else well. No one on this team defends mm-hmm. in the backcourt like Drew Holiday does. No one defends like Drew does. No one can pass the ball like Lonzo does. No one can shoot the ball like J.J. Redick does. No one can get off that ground or the second jump like Zion can. But with that being said, when you talk about taking Lonzo off the floor and Zion is still on the floor, there's no one that can make those passes that we've seen throughout the course of this year that Lonzo makes to Zion. No one. And when you take Zion off the floor and is on the floor, there's no one that can catch those passes that is out there on this Pelicans roster like Dion can. So, like I said, this there, time time is, is, is so important for this team. And I know we live in such a microwave culture where we want to see things happen so fast. And I remember the last time I was on with you guys, way in the beginning of the season, which seems like forever <clears throat> ago, and I was begging the fan base to stay patient. Stay patient and watch what happens when this team gets healthy. And this is, In a different sense, but the same thing. You have to stay patient. And watch this come too, because you've seen guys take huge steps this year. So imagine what happens when they don't stop there. When Brandon Ingram is not complacent with just being a first-time All-Star, and he takes that next step. Zion Williamson takes that next step. Lonzo Ball takes that next step. Jackson Hayes this summer puts on a little bit of strength plays a little bit behind Derek Favors and starts to develop a little bit more of the defensive IQ to become the shot blocker that this team needs. This team is going to be something special in the future. And i tell you what, it will be a blessing for me if I'm here to call these games.
0: Oh, I'm sure you will be. Uh, uh, we just saw David Griffin's uh, adulation for you on Twitter the other <laughs> night when they were rolling back Pelicans playback. And and we'll talk about that more as as we wrap up. I just want to get one more thing in here, Antonio, before we let you go. I'm just going to be critical just for a moment. I'm not going to put you in a tough spot and ask you to grade the coaching staff or what have you. Obviously, it was a rough start, like you just referenced. They've been very good as of late. However, one place they continually struggle has been closing out games in the final five minutes, even with Zion oh, yeah. in the, in the yeah. final 19 um, games. They're negative 23.2 net rating uh, when they've been very good, and that's fifth to last in the NBA. And not only have they been bad offensively, they've also been very bad defensively, where across those games as a total, they've been eighth in the NBA. So they've had to be really, really bad in those past five minutes to still carry themselves as an eighth net rating. So Antonio, as we approach the offseason, what can Alvin Gentry tell these guys, teach these guys, continually exercise with these guys to teach them to attack the the last five minutes of the game the same way they do the first 43 minutes? I I don't think, again, this is something I
2: don't, it's tough because everybody, when you're talking about success and when you're talking about failure, all are at fault, all, you know, carry some burden here. But in this situation, when we're talking about um, closing out games, and my thought on this will never change. I felt this way as a player, um, and now I feel this way as an analyst. This is something that has to be learned. And I constantly go back to Kobe Bryant when he first came into the league. The thing it's very rare that guys step into the NBA as, as, as closers. That's something that has to be learned. That's a different mentality. We remember Kobe Bryant in Utah. Shooting air mm-hmm. ball after air ball after air mm-hmm. ball in the playoffs. You know, because he wasn't a closer at that time. This is, this is something that you have to grow into. And it doesn't just happen overnight. We have to understand Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, a lot of these guys have, Drew Holiday, a lot of these guys haven't been the main guy in high um, magnitude situations. So, Drew Holiday has been in the playoffs, but he was never the Batman in the playoffs. It was always, okay, Anthony Davis is one and Drew Holiday is two. So, there's a difference. So, now you have to learn to be that guy that this team is relying on to close games. Lonzo Ball and and Brandon Ingram. In L.A., they never played in the postseason. They never made it to the postseason. So, how big were those games as far as magnitude is concerned? And when you're out there with LeBron James and and some of the stars that they had in L.A., Julius Randle, meaning you don't know whose team it is when LeBron James isn't on the floor. So whose job is it to close games? You know, and Zion Williamson, we just talked about the fact that this team hasn't even played 20 games together. So how can Zion know how to close a game at the NBA level when he's never really had the opportunity to close the game at an NBA level? So for me, this is something that comes along with experience for me. This team has to learn first individually, but more importantly, collectively learn how to close games together as a unit. And it will happen.
0: All right, Ali, I was going to let you uh, get in there if you want to. Uh, Do you have anything to add to that, Ali?
1: Yeah, I mean, Antonio is absolutely right. and Here's the key thing. The Pelicans have players on this roster who want – to be special in that moment, just as it took Kobe at least three years, I feel like, to really become much better in those situations and in the playoffs. Remember, those? it wasn't just that Utah playoff series, Antonio. He struggled in his first two seasons, if I remember right, right. just in the playoffs yep. in general. But look at what he grew into, and I feel like Brandon Ingram wants that. You've got to think Zion Williamson wants that when you know about the way he plays the game now, what he has on the insides, right? You just feel like he's going to want to be able to produce for his team and lead him to, to victory. We've seen, we saw him do it at Duke. I mean, I won't forget that comeback that Duke had against Louisville where I, they were losing by, what, 16, 17? I think there was like seven, eight minutes left. Yep. And he single-handedly yep. pushed him back to a victory. So I know he's got it. And you've got to think Lonzo. Lonzo's got a special little fire too. So I think Antonio's absolutely right. These guys have not yet to learn how to close out those five minutes because the game is vastly different. It's a lot more similar to playoff basketball than it is to those first 43 minutes. So, like Anthony, I'm so confident in these guys that they're going to figure it out. And, boy, are they going to be powerful because it's going to be more than just one guy, right? There's going to be a few guys coming at you, and I don't know how teams are going to be able to stop them someday.
2: And they are going things that come along with that. There are growing pains that come along with that. You can think of some games throughout the course of this year where it felt like the bottom was falling out. Like, oh, man, you know, I can't believe this has happened in the last three minutes (laughs) or the last two minutes. But then you can think of other games throughout the course of this year where you see what this team looks like when they start to put it all together collectively on both ends of the floor to finish
1: games. Anthony, Uh, remember how Drew Holiday finished off that win against the Pacers recently? I do. That was an incredible five-minute stretch.
2: Yep. And that was with no, no Brandon Ingram and no, no Zion. No Zion. Williams. Right. Right. And that's what I mean, that, that, those are the kind of things that I'm referring to that that has to be learned, you know, because if Zion is out there or B.I. is out there, maybe he doesn't have that same aggressiveness. And what people have to understand is, you know, it, it takes talent time to learn to play together. So, you can, you can start playing a certain style of basketball, but then when you get someone of Zion Williamson's stature in that lineup, things have to change. Your mentality has to change somewhat if you're Drew Holiday, if you're J.J. Reddick, who was starting and now is coming to the bench, if you're Brandon Ingram. So, things have to change a little bit, but along with that change, there has to be some patience. There has to be some patience and, you know, some time allotted for guys to understand one another.
0: All right. This has been great stuff. We've had you for a very long time. You've been very generous with your time. We appreciate it so much. Uh, remember to check out com, y'all, and Pelican's Playback on Fox Sports NOLA, where you can relive some of AD's best calls from this season. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, just retweet, share, rate us on iTunes. AD, do you have any uh, fun family plans tonight?
2: Uh, No. We'll take the dogs out for a walk. Um, Me and my uh, nine-year-old daughter, we'll go out in the backyard and go through our, our, our daily basketball workout. Me and my family will work out in the garage together as a family. And, um, you know, again, try and try and do what we're being asked to do, you know, kind of stay home, practice social distancing. And I, I pray that everyone else does the same. And my thoughts and prayers are with everyone out there that is impacted by this coronavirus. This too shall pass. We shall get through this together as a nation and as a world.
0: Ollie, what about you, sir? Now, I just
1: want to thank Antonio for coming on. He's an incredible role model. I hope everybody pays attention to what he says because he's been nothing but a class act since I first said hi and introduced myself to him. So please heed his lessons. Stay at home. Do the right thing. You can find something on Netflix. Or, hey, just call up your buddies and have a discussion like the three of us just did. It got pretty intense, but I loved it. This was great. Thank you so much. We've got to have you back soon, Antonio.
2: Anytime, fellas. Anytime you guys need me, Ali, just let me know and I'm I'm back with you guys.
0: All right, you guys can follow him at AD Daniels33, Ali Cosell, at Ali Cosell, myself at Preston Ellis. Uh, let's dance, you guys. Let's go, Pels. Keep the faith. Just a few more weeks, potentially months. But hey, the better we can all come together as, as a nation and and solve this problem, the quicker we can get back to watching the sport we all love and the reason that we're here right now. So thanks for the part that you're doing. Stay safe, stay healthy. Let's go, Pels.